Like uh, so many folks that are innocent and in custody, uh, Lamar Johnson has been waiting a long time. What we would ask and what we've long asked um, for Mr. Johnson is his day in court. We should all want the truth to come out um, and through a truth-seeking and fact-finding process like an evidentiary hearing, we can get there. It seems fair to say you are not giving up on this one either. There would be no, uh, nothing <laughs> that could make me give up on, on this case or, or this client. This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Earlier this month, the Missouri Supreme Court ruled against Lamar Johnson. That was only the most recent setback for the St. Louis man. You may recall that we've talked about his case on our show before. He's been in prison for 26 years now for murder. Yet the very office that sent him there, the St. Louis City Circuit Attorney's Office, says its Conviction Integrity Unit discovered that he's innocent. They've been fighting to get him out, but they've been stymied at every turn. And joining us with the latest is Lamar Johnson's attorney, Lindsay Runnels is an attorney at Morgan Pilot in Kansas City. Lindsay, welcome. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. So, Lindsay, the Missouri Supreme Court's ruling last week states clearly that they did not look at whether your client is actually guilty. What narrow issue were they looking at instead? The court answered, as you, as you say, a, a very narrow question on whether or not a circuit attorney has the authority uh, to file what Kim Gardner filed in this case, which is a motion for a new trial uh, beyond the 25-day deadline that's in the statute for defendants. The court answered that question in the affirmative and said, under current Missouri law, there is no authority to file this action out of time. Hmm. And by out of time, they're saying this was several decades too late. Is that a disappointment to see this door shut? It, it is a disappointment, sure. Um, it, it also, you know, is a pretty, uh, it's a body blow to conviction integrity units in Missouri. Uh, the court, um, you know, I think issued a mandate to our legislature to say, you know, fix this and hopefully uh, we'll see some leadership out of the Missouri legislature on fixing uh, this gap in our statutes. So I want to talk about what that could look like here in a moment. But before we do that, um, there is also a footnote in the decision that was signed by all seven justices. There were also some separate concurrences and, and individual opinions. But the one they all signed notes this. Nothing in this opinion should be read to conclude that Lamar Johnson may not seek relief by filing a petition for habeas corpus in the proper circuit court alleging gateway claims. Will you be filing a habeas petition? Yes, uh, Lamar will be filing a Rule 91 petition for habeas corpus relief um, soon, shortly. So what makes that such a long shot? Why not go that route in the first place? You know, it, with Lamar's case and, and so many others, uh, Rule 91 is available to a defendant or what we would call a petitioner in Lamar's case. The question before the court um, was what was available to a prosecutor and what rights does a prosecutor have? That was what was up on appeal in this case, not what was available to Mr. Johnson. Uh, Judge Stith's concurring opinion notes briefly some of the challenges with what we call a Rule 91 in Missouri. Um, it is available to Mr. Johnson. He will be filing one, but in the culture uh, that is Missouri innocence litigation, it is a long, expensive, inefficient process uh, because uh, the Attorney General's office uh, in the state of Missouri has made it a, you know, point to object to, you know, on procedural grounds to every 
literally every one of them in the last decade. So that is why Mr. Johnson, um, you know, attempted to go this route because it, it should be faster and more efficient. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned this opinion by Judge Laura Denver Stith. She had some really interesting language targeted at the state attorney general on this. This is a quote from what she wrote in suggesting it is his duty and that of the circuit attorney as representatives of the state to oppose a request for habeas or similar relief. The attorney general misunderstands the full extent of the prosecution's role in the justice system. The United States Supreme Court has explained that the prosecutor's role is not simply one of being an adversary to the defense. To the contrary, the prosecutor's role transcends that of an adversary. Do you think that should be a wake-up call there for Attorney General Eric Schmidt? You know, uh, Judge Stith, in her concurring opinion, is exactly right. This is not a uh, new rule. The the Supreme Court, as well as the Missouri Supreme Court and our professional rules of conduct have long uh, understood a prosecutor's role is a minister of justice. It is not to collect convictions and to stand by convictions at all costs. Um, I, I hope that the attorney general's office, um, you know, reads and, you know, digests this opinion and, and takes it to heart. But what the attorney general's office does uh, in response to Mr. Johnson's habeas petition is is up to them. Would taking it to heart mean not opposing that petition? You know, what What we would ask and what we've long asked um, for Mr. Johnson is his day in court, um, you know, not opposing Mr. Johnson's request for an evidentiary hearing where all of this evidence can be put before an impartial judge and a judge can decide whether or not Mr. Johnson has met um, the very high standard of proof for him um, is all that we ask, just an opportunity for a court to hear his evidence. And so we would argue that that is not a very big ask, um, and we should all want that, whether you're on the defense side or whether you are a prosecutor representing the, uh, the city in this case, or whether you are an attorney general. We should all want the truth to come out, um, and through a truth-seeking and fact-finding process like an evidentiary hearing, we can get there. Hopefully, we won't have to litigate uh, for a significant period of time on whether or not Lamar Johnson is entitled to a hearing. We believe the evidence is overwhelming that mm-hmm. he's entitled to a hearing. I think it's worth noting when we talk about the possibility of an evidentiary hearing where you could lay out the case that he's not guilty. Um, there's been a lot of talk that Lamar Johnson has already had his chance to appeal. He did appeal and was turned down, but he's never had a hearing like mm-hmm. that. Is that correct? That's correct. No court uh, anywhere has ever uh, taken evidence and heard evidence on Lamar Johnson's claims of innocence after his direct uh, appeal, which is in Missouri what we you know call a first appeal of right. He he did appeal in that case, and then he had a twenty nine fifteen motion. Um, which is a post-conviction motion here, but he was pro se, uh, and then he was appointed some counsel, and that counsel um, was disciplined uh, for her, you know, incompetent actions in Lamar's case. So Hmm. he has never presented his full evidence and been permitted to prevent his full evidence to any court anywhere. And even beyond that, there is some new stuff that has come to light um, since his original trial. And it it sounds like maybe some of this stuff might have come to light if he had more competent representation back in the day. But now what are some of the things that we know uh, that we didn't know back then? Yeah, that's right. I mean, Lamar Johnson's case, um, it, as far as an innocence case, has always been, you know, from my perspective, when I came to, to review it, quite good. Um, there's an 
eyewitness identification that is, um, you know, <laughs> defies all standards of reasonableness in this case. There's other issues with a jailhouse informant, um, things that we know are inherently unreliable. Mr. Johnson's had some of uh, that evidence collected and tried to present it for some time. When the Conviction Integrity Unit uh, began their own investigation, independent um, of the defense investigation in 2018, they found even more evidence of the misconduct that Mr. Johnson continued to allege. And that included, um, you know, more than 60 pages of documentation of payments to and on behalf of the sole eyewitness in the case. And none of that was ever disclosed to the defense. Mm-hmm. And that Conviction Integrity Unit, that comes out of the Office of Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner, um, who has really been fighting for this. But it sounds like this might be the end of the road for her being um, the one leading the charge on this with the Missouri Supreme Court saying no. Is that fair to say? You know, what uh, Ms. Gardner's office does in response to this, um, you know, I'll let them answer. Judge, um, Chief Judge uh, Draper suggested that perhaps the 7406 motion could be entertained and whether or not Ms. Gardner does that, um, you know, is up to to the, the good counsel that she has there in her office. But Mr. Johnson uh, will be filing a habeas petition for Rule 91 relief. Hmm. So you mentioned earlier um, the idea that the legislature can and should run with what the, the Missouri Supreme Court said in this opinion here. Um, and that is something that uh, Justice George Draper made very clear in his separate occurrence. He hmm. suggested the legislature should act here. He's been seconded by St. Louis County prosecuting a Attorney Wesley Bell, who had a statement. This is what Wesley Bell said, quote, a prosecutor who has evidence of a defendant's innocence cannot and should not stand idly by while that defendant remains in prison. Under Missouri law right now, there is nothing that prosecutor can do to bring that evidence before a court. That is wrong and we should write it. Are there other states that have laws like this that Missouri could model something on? Yes, there are other states, and conviction integrity units are nothing new. Um, they exist all over the country, and uh, you know, hundreds of uh, innocent men and women have been released from custody pursuant to a conviction integrity unit standing up in court and doing and saying the right thing, which is, we got it wrong. Um, let's fix it. In Missouri, we as of today do not have that type of authority for a circuit attorney. Mm-hmm. So, I can't imagine any good argument against it, but we'll see what happens in the legislature this session. So we heard from some of our listeners on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook page. There are certainly a lot of people who've been following Lamar Johnson's case. Wally writes, I would rather have 10 guilty persons free than one innocent person in prison. But that is not how our system works. Sarah wrote also on Facebook, it's an indictment of the entire legal system when we rely on technicalities to keep an actually innocent person incarcerated. Yes, the Supreme Court provided a way forward through the legislature, but its ruling remains manifestly unjust. Um, Lindsay, I'm thinking about your client here. Lamar Johnson must have felt so hopeful uh, now three years ago when Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner said her office had this new evidence and they were going to fight for his innocence and to get him out of prison. Is he frustrated that now, uh, so many years later, he's still in there? You know, of course, he he is frustrated. And, you know, the opinion, 
came down last Tuesday and I have a standing call with Mr. Johnson on decision days and most of the time we talk about, yo, we don't have a decision yet and, and this Tuesday's one was hard. Uh, it certainly was. But like uh, so many folks that are innocent and in custody, uh, Lamar Johnson has been waiting a long time and he, uh, you know, <laughs> is hopeful and he knows that his legal team is not going to quit on him and that he'll eventually be released. I mean, he has to believe that to survive in there. And, you know, his his lawyers believe the same. He, he'll come home. Uh, we're just going to have to take the long way around. Hmm. So you've also been fighting this one a long time. How, how far back have you been representing him? So the, the Midwest Innocence Project has been representing Mr. Johnson since, I want to say, 2009. Um, I came into that fold, you know, quite a bit later than that, but have been representing Mr. Johnson since about 20, uh, late 2015, mm -hmm. um, I, I would say. We presented this case to Ms. Johnson's Conviction Integrity Unit uh, in the early part of 2018, and then we've, you know, gone from there in a, in a complicated, weavy <laughs> way to the Missouri Supreme Court. And it's, it's, it seems fair to say you are not giving up on this one either. There would be no uh, nothing <laughs> that could make me give up on, on this case or, or this client. Well, Lindsay Runnels, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate you having me and I appreciate you raising uh, awareness for these important issues. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.